Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. The Development Action Group DAG hosted its Urban Land and Housing Dialogue series, webinar series rather, which started in June this year. Now, its second webinar will be taking place later this month and it takes a form of, okay, wow, okay, this is actually, I can't read all of this, it's... It's just, yeah, anyway, I'm just going to welcome our guest to the show, Kirida Sal. She's a researcher at Development Action Group. Kirida, good morning and welcome to Sunday Live. Good morning and good morning to your listeners also. So tell our listeners, what is the Development Action Group? DAG is an NGO working in the land and housing sector and we've been doing this for more than 30 years. We support communities in their efforts to access housing and basic services and land and, and we do this through capacity building and equipping them. Um, we have been, or we have a long history of advocacy implementation and our work on the release of state land for social and affordable housing. Okay, okay. So let's get into your webinar series. Tell us what's that, what it's been about and what its intentions are. Okay, so like you said, um, we have our Urban Land and Housing Dialogue series, which were run for three years, and we had the first Urban Forum in June this year. Now, the Urban Forums are supposed to be strategic platforms where those with interest in the land and housing sector come together to discuss various challenges and opportunities. And ultimately, the aim of this is towards achieving urban spatial transformation, or simply put, so that we have cities that are more equally open and accessible to everyone from the poor and the working class to the rich and the wealthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what are the panelists and what are some of the topics that will be covered? And also take us to the next one, you know. Um, the panelists, we have about four panelists uh, for this Urban Dialogue series. And I think I must firstly just say upright that the theme of this webinar is the impact of COVID-19 on the rental housing sector. So we are particularly looking at evictions, inadequate tenants, and importantly, solutions to these kind of challenges. So the panelists, panelists will be discussing a range of issues in this regard. We want to get, firstly, uh, reflections from the ground. So we are having a speaker from the Kayalicha Peace Building Forum speak on the experiences of that community. Um, and then we will have a commissioner from the Rental Housing Tribunal speaking on how the tribunal supports communities and te- uh, landlords and tenants in regards to evictions. Um, we'll have a speaker from the Socioeconomic Rights Institute, or SERI, who will be speaking specifically about alternative accommodation, which those who evict persons are supposed to provide in the case that somebody might become homeless due to the eviction. And then we'll have Ndufuno quasi speaking about the advice assemblies and how they support um, communities who are faced with eviction. Okay. So this is very practical stuff. I really like that it's practical things about helping people and it isn't just a talk shop. We, it's kind of like leaving people sometimes even more helpless afterwards. Exactly. That's absolutely what we want to achieve with this uh, webinar. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the purpose is to find out what the kind of support functions are that exist 
for both tenants and landlords and to have a conversation around what the key responses and solutions are or what recourse are available for persons who are either faced with eviction or have been faced with eviction or landlords who struggle in this regard. Yeah. Look, I just want to get something out of the way because Kate by means it must be actually internet access here. Eh? I mean, a lot of people struggle with even getting data for a normal day, mm. you know, sending a WhatsApp. Now, obviously, um, you work on the ground with people. I want to make it, I want to understand that you're not just doing webinars. You guys actually do work physically with people as well. So it's not like this information will just live on the internet and people who don't have access to the internet won't have access to the information. Mm-hmm. So firstly, with regards to the webinar, if anybody from the community or anybody who was unable to purchase their own data um, would like to attend the webinar, they are welcome to send an email or to RSVP to our administrator, Zinzi. Um, I'll give her contact details later. And then let her know that they will require data. Now, obviously, we have a limited budget, but as far as we possibly can, we, we, we want communities to take part in this webinar because, as you said, it's very practical. So if somebody has a need, they can let us know, and then we will find a way to ensure that they have the necessary data to participate in the webinar. Okay. To ask you, answer your question more directly, we absolutely work on the ground. We have different projects in different communities. We work in Gatesville, in Mitchell's Plain, uh, basically or essentially across the city on uh, in different communities where people are facing issues with regards to land and housing. Look, let's rather just give that information now and we can always repeat it later. So if somebody wants to listen to the webinar, you said they can contact Zinzi for data. Yes, they can email Zinzi. Her email address is zinzi, Z-I-N-Z-I, at DAG. Otherwise, they can go to our website and check our details there. Which okay, cool. Look, I'm going to make sure that we repeat all of this information again before we end the interview. Now, land and housing is one literally one of the most pressing issues in South Africa, and it's a topic that you know we've discussed. Uh, talked about as journalists and you know interviewed lots of people what do you what do you feel um you know we've had all these stories of land what they call some people call it land occupations other people call it land invasions we've had stories about people being kicked out of their backyard uh you know uh shack or wendy house because they can't afford to pay that 500 rand rent or something like that whatever it is and the land and housing issues in south africa just seem to escalate in terms of dag's work you know um where do you guys see it going i mean you're obviously dealing with a lot of ideas not just ideas but also solutions that people are coming forward share with us a bit about dag's you know um vision and 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 just Tell us more about where DAG, what DAG is working towards. Okay, so I think um, I stated earlier that ultimately in terms of vision, I think what we want to see is just a city that is more equally open, inclusive to everybody, where where you live doesn't depend on your income or uh, whether you're able to afford a piece of land in the inner city. So ultimately that's our vision. In terms of where we are with regards to urban land and access for people in the city of Cape Town, I think we are at a very opportune moment as a country, as a whole, in terms of 
urban land. And this is a space where we've now started having a conversation about urban land reform and what does that look like. I think we all agree that the way it is now is not ideal. And like I said, we want something different. Mm-hmm. So what does urban land reform mean? It means having an urban system that is more receptive to everybody. And one of the biggest, I think, ways or opportunities for us in this regard is in regards to public land. I think we should have a conversation around the land specifically that is owned by the state, land that is lying vacant, that land that could just as well be used for the purposes of developing land for people who cannot afford to purchase their own land. And this also means, importantly, land that is well-located, land that is not on the outskirts of the city, like, for instance, uh, like the land that is purchased for the purposes of BNG housing or the development of RDP housing. So we, at this time, where we, start, we should start having really conversations around how do we access, how do we ensure the release of public land for this purpose? Public land is land owned by the state or um, which the state should use in the best interest of those that it is supposed to serve. And importantly, um, what should be prioritized in terms of who the state is serving are those that are uh, marginalized, those who are poor, the working life, working people, and they should prior- be prioritized in this regard. Now, there are various challenges with regards to the release of public land for this purpose, but this is what uh, the issues are that we should be beginning to have a conversation about and that we should be looking at addressing. And there are various um Opportunities, uh, various uh, solutions and advocacy uh, messages being driven by different civil society organizations. Um, and I think we're sort of on a path. We've at least started a, a path to where we're having a, a more broader conversation about how we address these issues and how, that, how we ensure that the city, the city becomes more spatially just and equal. Okay, okay. In terms of access to resources or rather the right people you know many of our listeners might be needing the services that you offer i mean do you help people to access and navigate the systems our our government can be very complex you know and people in government can make things sometimes seem unnecessarily complicated how does dag interface between community and government in role plays because many people are still waiting for houses whether it's you know, restitution processes or whether it's a waiting list. Tell, tell me about, or tell us about how DAG interfaces or helps with, with, with uh, accessing, you know, services for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So I think a key thing to remember and something that's really important for us is that we want communities to be able to engage with government themselves. So we want, so an important part of our work is to give them the capacity to give them the skills necessary to walk into any um, municipal meeting in any government institution and say, this is what I know the issues are, and these are the solutions that I think we as a community with government can implement to address these issues. So we don't personally um, provide services, um, but we really make it our, uh, our job to give people the capacity and to equip them to advocate for their own or access to housing by themselves. For instance, we have our socio-technical support program where we provide a, four, uh, a year-long four-module um, training uh, uh, course through which we select a different group of participants each year, and we prov- uh, that's our ACTC course. And we provide them with the knowledge and skills in terms of how to navigate these, what may seem very challenging and difficult and complex processes. 
but ultimately is aimed towards engaging with different role players within government to achieve the sort of outcomes that we want to see in the land and housing sector. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we when we look at um, the housing backlog, for example, right? I mean, do you guys track that? Or do you monitor this, the, the 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 governments? I mean, particularly the government department. Sorry. Um, to some extent, we do. I think one thing to important to remember is that it can be quite challenging to get the right type of information and the right type of data from government. Government reports on many things, yes. But it's often, you know, the, uh, the detail lies uh, in the detail, it's in the nuances of their data information, and that's where it's important. I think, um, like I said, there are uh, quite um, uh, regular reports from the state in terms of where the backlog is, and there are different um, organizations tracking that also. Um, and we do, to some extent, perhaps not in terms of primary data, but we use the information that is made available by others, and, and we look at that over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I want to just reiterate to our listeners that this is um, a public event that uh, Karida is speaking about, and she's a researcher at the Development Action Group. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Just remind us the date of your event, please, and the time. The event is next week, Wednesday, on the 21st of October. Yeah. And it'll be from from 2 o'clock until 4 o'clock. Um, yeah, and anybody can RSVP uh, for the event, and then we will send you the um, Zoom link. Okay. So, listeners, if you are interested in the work of the Development Action Group, they're running a webinar series and they are looking at issues around land and housing. It's a dialogue series. Like Yurida has said, it's happening on the 21st of October. That's next week, Wednesday, from 2 p.m. to to 4 p.m. You can go to the website www.dag, that is D-A-G, .org.za, you can find out more about them. And Kurida has said that if you email Zinzi, Z-I-N-Z-I, at dag.org.za, you could request data if you want to uh, participate or engage in this um, webinar. It's online. They'll send you a link. You open up the link, and then you can follow what's happening in terms of land and housing in South Africa. So any concluding remarks from your side? No, I think maybe just to say that we really want people from the community, our community partners are very important to us to participate in the webinar and to also give us perhaps solutions. And the purpose behind this webinar is to really discuss options, to discuss alternatives, to discuss the way forward. So for us to come together to have a conversation and to think about what we can do as a collective to try and address the challenges that we face with regards to urban land and housing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for the input and the time today, Kirida. Thank you so much and all the best with your work. Of course. Thank you. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.